0: Welcome to C4 Church Online, equipping you as you follow Jesus. Well, good
1: morning, everybody. So glad that you're here this morning. Good morning to all of you watching and listening online. To everyone up in Port Perry, good morning and good evening to everyone in Bowmanville. So glad that you are joining us. Well, great news. What an amazing day. First and foremost, summer has arrived and there are no more ice storms. Is anyone thankful uh, for that? Yes, absolutely. But not only that, today is a two-for-one special. Today is Vision Sunday and Baptism Sunday. So you've picked a great day to be with us. Uh, Lots of times in life and also in church when we do lots and lots of good is going on, we never stop just to thank God and reflect. So I want to take take a quick moment to do this uh, this morning and remind us of what God has done. Number one, it's hard to believe if you've been with us as a church. It was just three years ago that we were at one site, at one morning service, and now three years later we're at three sites with all these four morning services, a young adult service, like we're just growing and we're so thankful that God is doing this. If you've been with us this year, we've started this thing called Pilgrims and Pioneers. It was the theme this year, but we released these magazines, 18 distinct stories of what God has done in our community with all sorts of ages and stages. Was anyone encouraged when they read these stories uh, this year? Uh, absolutely amazing. I encourage you to keep reading those and giving those out. Also, we, re- we uh, released not one, but two worship albums this year. They both went to number one in iTunes in Canada, which is amazing this year. Isn't that great? Uh, uh, Just amazing. And the real amazing thing is this, that people are writing songs in our own community, telling what God is doing, and people now in our church and around the world, in churches in multiple countries, are singing songs that were started here. And we're so thankful because the songs are about the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit himself, whom we love. Not only that, we've had quite a journey in our teaching side of our community. We went through 1 Corinthians this year, how to live as a Christian in a de-Christian, post-Christian context, and we all had our minds messed, we all had to change our lives, and it was good and terrifying and wonderful. And then we worked out the Trinity, so we now understand God perfectly, so we all can move on, no problem, right? We did Jesus in the workplace, how do I, how am I a stay-at-home mom or dad, how am I a nurse, a doctor, a lawyer, fill in the blank, an engineer, a car mechanic, and, and walk with Jesus in those places. We had our largest Christmas in history, we had our largest Easter in history, thousands and thousands of people heard the good news of Jesus, and we're just so thankful we got to do that this year. not only that we according to the plan that if you're with us you know about we with lots of prayer and and incredible generosity we launched site three our our third location in bowmanville let's say hi to everyone in bowmanville right now we're so glad i want to say hi to all of you And just, you know, hundreds of people left the comfort of this place and and started. And there's been some ups and some downs because of location, but they've been faithful. And the amazing thing, think about that. People today are getting baptized in Bowmanville at a C4 site. So we're just so thankful for all you've done and all God's going to do there. Not only that, we uh, were involved in the Alpha Campaign, the Global Alpha Campaign, where tens of thousands of people across the GTA heard the good news. We ran 14 Alphas in the fall, had over 340 people systematically wrestle through Jesus. And also we've launched even more Alpha since. So over 400 people this year have taken Alpha through C4 and are thinking about Christ, which is amazing. And we need to thank God for that. We've dedicated 36 children this year. The average Sunday attendance has gone up 25% over last year in our community. So that's, no, no, that's worth clapping about. That's good. That's amazing. And why? Because every one of those stats is a person, right? Don't forget that. It's people. And this is a real big milestone for us. Our church has now crossed the 3,000 barrier for real. There are now over 3,000 people committed coming and, and encountering or seeking Jesus in our community. And we're so thankful God's given us this ability to steward and have conversation. Today is Baptism Sunday. Up to this point, we've already baptized, I think, 68 people. I think we're going to land around 82 or 84 people. People keep coming forward. So, I I can't keep up. But 84 plus people are going to be baptized in this ministry year in the church. And we need to thank God for that this morning because it's amazing. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. We had our first church conference this year. We haven't done that before, and 52 other churches and organizations came and worshiped with us in the dark when there was no electricity, and then with lots of electricity later, and learned and struggled and wrestled, and just what an unbelievable privilege. We're not a better church or a bigger church, just that we are one church that we get to influence and encourage other Christians from all sorts of backgrounds. I mean, let me just say that we have lots to be thankful for at C4, do we not? Let's give God some praise uh, this morning. So good. Now, with all of that behind us, and we're about to release our annual report, and you'll get so many more stats about kids and children and global and local partners. Let me just take a moment, though, to remind us, to inspire, to vision, to keep our eyes on what matters. Now, there are two key uh, views or ideas we use here at C4 to talk about church. One of them is called common faithfulness, and the other one's called unique calling. Now, Acts 2, if you know your Bible at all, is, is the very first description of the early church. It's the most famous and it's the most fundamental description of what common faithfulness is. It's what every single church on earth is supposed to look like, no matter its cultural makeup, its background, or, or denominational affiliation. This is the blueprint. It reads like this in Acts 2, 42. The Christians, the very first Christians, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together, had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to any person who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their, their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor, not just of Christians, but all people. And God added to them their number daily, those who were being saved. Teaching, community, communion, prayer, the presence of of God, giving, loving the poor, small and large gatherings, baptism and evangelism. Every church is called to participate and look like this. But not only is this the statement of common faithfulness, so is the last words of Jesus when he was on earth, when he said in Matthew 28, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I, Jesus, am with you to the very end of the age. So that's common faithfulness. That is the reason why every single church on earth is supposed to exist. But not only is that the blueprint, sometimes that of holy listening, God gives a vision for a local church that actually He wants that church to do. And we, of course, have come to believe at C4 that Jesus does sometimes speak to congregations and movements uniquely, just like he did, for example, in the book of Revelation. He spoke to the church in Sardis or Philadelphia or Smyrna or or Ephesus. Now, the scriptures are full of leaders being issued God-given assignments. Mission never changes. Common faithfulness never changes, but visions are usually given for a period to leaders. Moses do this, Paul go do that, Philip go there. When we were fasting and praying, the Spirit said these words. And in those moments, moments, if God speaks, that should become the inception point for a dynamic vision of a local church. But that, of course, implies being open, learning spiritual disciplines, fasting, praying. This, this presumes empowering people within their gift mix to discern what's from God, what's human, what's the devil, what's the tacos coming up from last night. You need to know what the source is. Now, mission, Acts 2 and Matthew 28, common faithfulness, never change in any environment. But visions are God-given for a season. They will be replaced by new ones, and strategies support visions, and they can change at any time. Now, does this mean, are we saying that God always speaks? No. Many times, common faithfulness is the only ongoing call from heaven. But to keep in step with the Spirit, you need to be listening. Now, of course, if a vision is given, a preferred future is given, it has to be biblical, it can't violate good theology, but the gift of a vision is it draws lines of size, emphasis, and calling. It makes leaders say a lot more no than yes. It forces the community to wrestle. Do I want to stay or do I leave? And vision with plans are even better because then actually we all keep in step together. Let me remind you of what our God-given assignment is in this church. It is to become a regional church of 10,000 meeting the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of people in Jesus' name. We are called to common faithfulness, and we uh, believe this is from God, and there's a whole history behind that. But beyond vision and common mission, the other question we need to remind ourselves and wrestle down is, as we become a church of 10,000, what should the church look like beyond activities? And I was preaching through the book of Acts a few years ago, and this is when it became clear. And and Acts 2.25, it says, Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met in the church and taught a great number of people, and the disciples were called first Christians in Antioch. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and then Saul, So what you've got is a church situation with word and power gifts, strong teaching, situational prompting, but there's so much more going on here. And if you're a guest here today and you don't usually do church, this is when you need to uh, sort of lean in and look. I want you to see the revolutionary power of what the gospel, the good news of Jesus and what it does. Jews and Greeks never hung out with each other, and yet they are here together in church. And look at the list. Beyond Saul and Barnabas, which is amazing they're even talking, you have Simon called Niger. This is a Latin name because of his skin color. He, uh, Niger, uh, he, he's black. He, he He's from the middle of Africa. And then you have Lucius, who, who which is a common Roman name, but he's Cyrenian, which is Libyan, North African. And then there's Mannian who was brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. This is the stepbrother of Herod from the Christmas story. This is the same Herod, the king that the wise men talked to. This is the same king that tried murdering Jesus when he was two years old. This is the same king that kills John the Baptist in a sexual drunk and rage. And here's what you need to see this morning. God will actually move into people's lives and bring them together, and people who would never hang out religiously, culturally, ethically, economically come together because they have now met the Prince of Peace. But every time the gospel comes into a family, it also divides friends and family because there's a drawing line between who Jesus is and who He's not. But look at the amazing list of people. You see the non-homogeneous church, people and leaders from all backgrounds, Jews, non-Jews, Africans, North Africans, Roman, Greek. God, through Jesus and the presence of the Spirit, does something that politics or, or anything else cannot do. He allows us to know God and each other beautifully. It says in Acts 13 too, while they were worshiping that whole vast community, the Holy Spirit spoke set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Now, that word worshiping has real punch. Here's why. In the Greek version of the Old Testament, this was only used for priests in the temple in Jerusalem. But now, God is proclaiming that a small gathering of Christians, not in a religious place at all, this is the new temple, and God is speaking to this community. And he uses the gift of prophecy, and he says that your two most eminent, most profoundly anointed, the best leaders you've got, need to be sent out. But here's what I want to point out today. When does the prompting take place? It happens during a time of praying and fasting. So today, let me remind us as a family of this truth that we say time and time again. If spiritual gifts are the only ongoing place of power to serve from, then spiritual practices are the guaranteed place to meet God after you've met Jesus. They become the ongoing place where we're transformed and where we're changed, but they also clear the ground and provide the space to hear and to get permission and keep in step with the Spirit. As Jesus was led exclusively by the Spirit, and he chose to use spiritual gifts and spiritual disciplines to listen, so we as Christians and local churches need to follow our Savior, our leader, and our model Jesus. You say, well, John, why are you talking about this on Vision Sunday? Well, let me tell you why. Antioch, this archetype that we see, is what we are called to look like at C4. And it's already beginning beginning to happen. If you pair Acts 2 and Acts 12 and 13, you will see and feel and understand what C4 is not only becoming week in and week out, but what God is calling us to. Strong teaching real mentorship, a place of influence for God's kingdom within our own walls, within our region, and beyond our region, spiritual disciplines, mutual submission, strong leadership, growing in cultural diversity, all the spiritual gifts at the center of serving, sensitivity to the Spirit's leading, prompting that leads to planning, the staying and going of leaders as the Spirit of God commands, not as we command or want. This is the type of church God is building here and beyond, and this is the type of church we need to keep praying that would become. Would you say amen to that this morning? This is what God is calling us to be. No, you can clap. That's a good clap moment. Yes. No, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And so we've got Acts 2 and we've got Acts 12 and 13 and Matthew 28 and sort of this idea of how God is forming us. But also what's really important is we tell you what the next steps are. And so I'm going to invite Pastor Dave to come out. Pastor Dave is our lead pastor and he will magically appear there. There he is right there. Let's welcome Pastor Dave uh, this morning. And just if you're a guest or do, let's just give some context. Dave and I, when we combined our powers together, become a traditional senior pastor position. And so what does that mean? Um, I'm involved in vision and cultural architect sort of stuff and and teaching, and Dave is leading and implementing, and so the biblical analogy we use is I'm like Moses and you're like Aaron, and together we try getting this thing done. Uh, So uh, one of the things that uh, we want to talk to you about this morning before we experience some amazing baptisms is... Is about what are the next steps for our church. Now, we just talked about huge growth that yeah. is happening here uh, across all our sites, but, but deeper than that, and according to our plan, we said our goal was that we'd be at four sites within five years. Yeah. And if you've been part of our community, lots of you've been waiting and saying, we've gone north, we're in Ajax, we're here in the south, we've gone east to Bowmanville, what's west and west? when is west coming? Yeah. So, We just want to take a moment to tell you about what happened, because we don't just teach things, we actually practice them. So a group of pastors went before the Lord and asked where West would be. We went to prompting and planning to see if God would speak. And our question to Jesus was, could we cross into Toronto yet? So that was the question. And three of us were at the center of that experience, and we prayed. And we'll just tell you what happened real quick. So I was praying, and in my mind's eye, I saw the Rouge Valley. You all know the Rouge Valley? Some of you know the Rouge Valley? Yes, okay, So clapping, you live there, excellent, wonderful, awesome, awesome. Do you live in the Rouge Valley? Um, and so we're in the Rouge Valley, and I just had this strong, um, not audible, but in myself, sense, no, you cannot cross yet into Toronto. And then I heard these really word, re, uh, weird words, uh, Og and shion, and I was like hungry, angry, lonely, tired, what's going on, I need to write that down. And then Beth was with us, and I said, hey, Beth, what did you hear? And she said, no, we don't have permission to cross right. yet. Yeah. And Dave, what happened to you? We didn't speak right? Yeah, we,
0: we didn't talk because, uh, you know, during these listening times of prayer when we were inviting the Holy Spirit to speak to us, um, y- you know, we, we don't want any sort of cross-pollination and pollution happening, you yes. know? So we don't talk to each other until it kind of is it's all over. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, when John hears Og and Cheyenne and sees the Rouge Valley, that's normal for him. But it's kind of not normal for me to do that kind of stuff. I'm uh, a little bit more grounded. And uh, so... Um, but during, but during this particular prayer time, um, I can only explain it like, uh, like a Google Maps. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of saw a Google Map in my head. Um, and and uh, right on this Google Map, I recognized it right away. It was, the, it was the Rouge River and the Rouge Valley right on the Google Map. And, and I heard, you know, in, in my mind, again, I, I, I sensed a whisper from the Spirit that said no. No, yeah. not yet.
1: Yeah, so what's really interesting is we were asking the Lord, can, can we go into Toronto yet? And it's uh, not yet. So we got the no, so we had this comparative conversation, then we moved into planning yeah. and started asking what was going to happen and, and how we were going to do this. Yeah. And so why don't you tell us about where the next site's going to be, sure. and then we'll go from there.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, this is just so like Jesus, though, isn't it? Like, because, you know, we have a vision statement, and our vision statement, John shared already, is is regionally... Locate it, right? We're to become a regional church of 10,000. And it's just so like Jesus to say, Uh, Yes, you're going to move, but not yet, because you've still got another year left of your plan and so I'm going to keep you within the region. And so what we want to say is that um, there's an enormous development going on. One of the largest developments in Canadian history is happening in the Pickering area. And there are something like, I think it's what, 70,000 homes or something that are going into Pickering. Brand new homes going in. And so uh, we want to be part of that. We want to be right in the middle of that. We want to be a church that takes the good news of Christ to all of these new friends and neighbors who are going To move in, so Pickering is the place that we're going to go. That's uh, that's going to be the next place. Oh, all right,
1: and uh, just so you know that I get grounded later in the conversation. No, no, it's really good. We, let me tell you, what was that Og and Shion thing, John? Well, we yeah. actually went back into the scriptures and realized in the story of the Exodus and the story of Joshua, the people of God came right up to a river just before they crossed over into the promised land. And there were two kings, Og and Shion, on this side of the promised land that they had to deal with before they crossed over. And so the spirit of God said to us, stay on this side of the river, isn't that amazing, a river in both stories, and do the work here, but then the Lord said this to us too, he whispered this, mass my people on the border because you are going to now go into Toronto in the future. Yeah. So someone who's in Toronto, you've been waiting, we are coming. We are coming. (laughs) We're coming. And uh, just to say this out loud so you know, behind the scenes since last August, we've been actually exploring uh, some relationships and partnerships and seeing if we could actually have a site right in the core of downtown Toronto. Yeah. And we've been working for a year systematically. So the question is, since we're gonna be launching Pickering, when's that gonna happen? Yeah. And, and what does that sort of look like?
0: Yeah, and, and before I even mention that, you know, this is why this Toronto thing is so important to us. In, in Toronto, Um, There are hundreds of churches that are slated to close in the next five years. hundreds of churches. And you know what? We're not good with that. Not good with it. We are not good with that at all. These are spaces that have been dedicated to the glory of God and helping people meet Jesus and grow up to be more like Jesus. And if we can partner with some people to be in some of those spaces, we are all in on that. So that's why we're thinking about the GTA beyond this. But Pickering, uh, you know, it's going to be in the fall of 2019. You know, here's what we learned. We started out and we launched uh, Port Perry. And so Port Perry is kind of like our firstborn. And so you know all the friends up in Port Perry, we love you. You kids are doing amazing. And uh, so uh, they're up there. And then uh, you know under the plan, we made all of the plans to to launch Bowmanville to go east. And there were 17 months between Port Perry and Bowmanville, a 17 month gestation period, uh, you know, in order to have another baby. And we, we really feel that that's what we need. That's the timeline that we need. And so having made this decision and felt prompted to go into Pickering, we're saying it's about 17 months until we uh, until we launch. And so that's going to take us roughly to the fall of 2019.
1: Now, that doesn't mean we're not doing anything, because right. as Dave always says, I want to do it yesterday, and he says we're going to do it tomorrow. That's why we work so well together. Uh, and so what we, have, we are doing, though, is we are still working on hiring that site pastor for Pickering. They're going to be here probably for a whole year, getting to know those are going to be part of that community and getting ready. And for us who have been here since Steeple Hill, hey everyone, we're going back home. (laughs) We're going back home. Isn't that amazing for some of you who know that. Now, uh, we have grown 25% across all our sites Mm -hmm. in Sunday morning attendance. So We have another announcement to make this morning. Everyone's like gripping what's about to be announced (laughs) next. And it's this, at this Ajax location, the Ajax site, we are so full. on, in regular season, we are going to be launching a third Sunday morning service because we are just packed. And it's not just about this auditorium. You know, there's an 80% rule. If it feels 80% full in here, people go to Tim Hortons and don't come back. Like, they just don't feel. Anyone feel the parking lot's a little full? Anyone? Amen? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but what a lot of people don't think about is our children's ministries are now crossing the 80%, and we're starting to turn children away. And we're never good with children being turned away. And right. so we're yeah. announcing that in the fall we'll be talking to you, we'll be launching a third morning service here at Ajax, and we'll be seeing how one of those services might function as a meeting point, not only for the Pickering crew, but also even for what's gonna happen in Toronto.
0: And because we don't play favorites, yeah, that's good. good. I think that's worth, yeah. Uh, You know, because we don't play favorites and we love you all the same, we're gonna change all of the service times. You know, so that all of you who are in a great routine right now. With your kids. Just with your kids. You've got it all down. you got a whole system. We're just going to mess it all up. Break it all up. Okay? Uh, but in all seriousness, you know, we're looking at our service times, maybe shrinking the service time just a little bit, and then looking at what are the optimal times to do uh, three Sunday services in the morning, in the morning time frame, so that we can get them all filled in. Uh, so, you know, Swish LA doesn't go out of business, and we got to look after all of that. Yeah. Okay? And, and can
1: we just so, say this? Like, Hey everyone! I know change happens here a lot, another site, yeah. but isn't it amazing that we get to be part of a church that has to do another morning service? <laughs> yeah, like that's so this, good. Is yeah. this is miraculous. This is worth celebrating uh, together.
0: So keep inviting your friends, keep inviting your neighbors, keep praying, you know, for people and inviting them because God is just doing Lead some alpha. really amazing things uh, through C4, through you, and through what's happening. Uh, one of the other things that we want to talk about is partnerships. You know, we, we talk about this all the time. We can do more together than we can do individually alone. We, we know that here. We know that within the church. But we also believe it outside of the church. And so we're always looking for opportunities to come alongside other ministries and other organizations that God is really moving in and doing some great things. And, and when we're invited into those conversations, we, we relish the opportunity to get it into those conversations. And so we want to talk about uh, a few of those that were just uh, some of them are further along the road than others but we're exploring some Uh, the first one is that uh, last year uh, pastor john uh, got invited to speak at a conference uh, and pastor chris and some of our worship people some of the c4 worship got to go there to slovenia and uh, and got to encourage and speak to a whole group of missionaries from all across Europe, and sitting in that crowd was someone who is doing some great work in the country of Germany, and he's part of a church planting movement in Germany, and they are seeing many many hundreds of Muslims coming to faith in Jesus in in Germany. Someone's <laughs> excited about that. We're excited about that. Yeah. That is so awesome. It's so thrilling. And so they have invited us to. Talk to them about partnership. That we get to, you know, draw alongside them. They're saying there's some things that God has done at C4 that you guys have learned some things that God is raising up uh, leadership and teaching here and music and that at C4. We would love you to come partner with us. Now, our definition of partnership is always a mutually beneficial relationship. And why I'm so excited about that is they're reaching Muslims and we don't really know how to do that. (laughs) We really don't. And so we can learn from them because there are so many people who are devoted to Islam who are in our area in the GTA and we get the opportunity to know better how to reach out to love on these people, to show them the great love of the true and living God found in Jesus Christ. Right. Eh? Right. So, what an amazing, amazing opportunity. Why do I tell you this? Pray for us. We need wisdom and we need God's leading and God's directing in this. It's exciting and it looks great, but we want to make sure that we're in step with the Spirit. Yeah,
1: and the amazing thing just as you pray about that is Mosaic, which is the name of the movement, is actually happening in German churches. So Acts 12 and 13 that I just preached is literally being worked out in Germany, which is incredible when you think about it. Also, we're excited to announce, you know that we've done a lot to do with Alpha, and we're proud to announce this morning, we are gonna make Alpha a formal partner of our church. And so we're really excited about that. You can clap about that, which is great. And so as we keep launching more sites, we're going to be uh, doing that also. Even one of our youth pastors, Rob, has now been tapped on the shoulder. He's going to be an Alpha champion, and he's going to actually be a youth pastor that helps students launch Alpha in high schools to be fully student-led yeah. in our region, which we're so excited about, which is uh, really, really good. And then, of course, there's all the local and global partners we'll still keep working with.
0: Yeah. And one of the other things that um, you know we're just so aware of is influence, and our influence keeps keeps growing, and it keeps growing. Uh, you know, we call that our champion strategy internally here at C4 because we believe that uh, five years ago when we wrote when we wrote the plan and when we were sort of prayed through that, we believed that God was going to give us something to steward, and he was doing some things here at C4 that we had an obligation to make our voices known in the greater Christian landscape and to take what God was doing here at C4 to other people. N- not to brag on how amazing we are. That is not the motivation behind this at all. It's for the glory of God and to help our brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, you know, to, to grow and to learn so that the kingdom of God moves forward. And so that's really taken on a number of forms. Uh, one of the ones that I'm really excited to share with you is um, we did our C4 conference, and John mentioned it just a few moments ago. But uh, so exciting for us to uh, talk about how spiritual, uh, spiritual uh, gifts and spiritual uh, disciplines and experiences all sort of come together in a convergence and how we find in Jesus as our model a way for us to be really empowered and live uh, vibrant Christian lives in a post-Christian culture. Right. And so that's what our conference was all about. So John's written a book on that. It's just getting ready to get published and I'm so thrilled and so excited, so I'm proud of him and the work that he's done in that. We There's some DVDs that have been made to help teach some of this and there's some small group material. and so. Uh, uh, Lord willing, in this coming year, we're going to launch that both here at C4 and, and uh, to the greater Christian community because we believe we can have a voice of influence. Now, this is not, this is not for us to get famous. <laughs> no. That's not our goal in any way, shape, or form. But this is about the glory of God. And see, we take stewardship really seriously. And it's not just about money. It's about everything that God has placed into our hands, has entrusted to us. We now have an obligation and a privilege to use that for the kingdom of God. And so we're gonna continue to use everything that God has placed in our hands for his glory and we'll go as far and as wide as he allows us to go and then we'll stop wherever he draws the line. The other thing that is so exciting about this whole area of influence is uh, C4 worship. Like, you know, I was driving to church this morning listening to, to the latest EP and just, you know, getting my heart ready to come and to celebrate. And then we sang one of the songs here this morning right off that EP, in fact, we sang it at all of our sites this morning. So together we're all singing the same songs. Uh, Just this past weekend, Pastor Chris and a whole bunch of songwriters, they went away on another songwriting retreat, and I I heard that 17 new songs are in various stages of coming to fruition. So again, not just hey, you know, just sitting around holding hands singing Kumbaya together and looking for new ways to sing it, but Here's what I love about what these guys are doing is they're going and they're saying, what is God doing at C4 and how can we put it to music? How can we tell the story so that the fame of God gets spread? Right. And I'm so excited about that. And so we're going to continue, you know, to use that influence in more and more ways. And then the final area where our influence is just continually growing is in our releasing prayer um our, we have this ministry of releasing prayer here at c4 last week i was hosting here in ajax and and i talked to, and we prayed for pastor john as he as he taught at tyndale and so for several years now john has been teaching this course on uh on releasing prayer and just talking about the whole theology uh behind that and some of the uh, the learnings that we've had here at c4 and we he's had a chance to influence Uh, Hundreds now of leaders and pastors through that course up at Tyndale Seminary. But besides that, we are getting requests over and over again from individuals inside C4 and outside C4 who desperately need to find freedom in Jesus Christ. And we're so happy to minister and to, to use what God has given us, to steward what God has given us, so that people find freedom in Christ. But now it's time for us to kind of take that show on the road a little bit. Because we don't want to just take people fish all the time, Right. We wanna teach them how to fish. And so, uh, Lord willing, in the, in the year that's ahead of us, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna help systematize this even more than we've done already and take this so that other people can actually begin to do this ministry in their local context and see, you know, hundreds, thousands of people find freedom in Jesus. And so that's yeah. so, so important to us.
1: Yeah, you can clap about that, that's, that's actually <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I love us as Canadians, should I clap, should I not clap? (laughs) Americans would be like <laughs> yes yeah that's right now let me yeah. also just say this you know we're coming we have one year left uh, with our plan which is a plan we built five years ago never done one before yeah. and uh, we just want to say uh, covet your prayers as we begin, because Dave and I have begun this process uh, by next May or June we will be revealing uh, revealing plan 2.0 yeah. where we are going to go for the next five years and and the and the goal is moving our church from 3,000 people to 6,000 people and so beginning that journey so we're starting as a staff that and the elders are now involved and we're getting ready. But we wanna end this vision moment with the reason why we do this. And the reason why we do this is because we want people to encounter God the Father through Jesus the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. And what we're gonna see today is some baptisms and I hope you're ready to celebrate this morning some baptisms this morning. And just, uh, if you're a guest this morning, let me just quickly explain. No one becomes a Christian when they're baptized. Baptism is an outward symbol of an inward work. It's like a wedding ring. Uh, This says, I am given to my wife, Joanna. And this is a call of exclusivity. This is the same thing. Someone getting baptized said, I have accepted Jesus by his work alone, not by what I do. I don't get saved because I'm a really good person. I'm saved because I trust in the work of Jesus. And baptism is that outward declaration. It's also the symbol of Jesus' physical death and his physical resurrection and we believe Jesus physically came back from the dead and we have the hope as Christians, if you trust in Jesus, we also will be all raised from the dead and death and sin will be done forever because Jesus returns and deals with that and baptism is that symbol. So today, we're gonna see young and old say, say yes, they're followers of Jesus and we just have one rule in the house when we do this at every site, whether you're watching this on video or it's being done live, we give standing ovations to every single baptism because baptism more important than any hockey game, any basketball game, any political issue, because this lasts forever. That stuff doesn't, right? So now let's just go and prepare it. Joanna, why don't you come out and lead this moment?
0: Thanks for joining us. To connect to the ministries of C4, visit c4church.com.